Hi, welcome to the Acts Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today, I want to continue us in this series that we've been embarking on as a church called the Good Series. We want to discover and unpack more of the word good and what it really means. And of course, we know from the Bible that only God is good. And so every week for this year, we've been unpacking, you know, uh, how God is good in all of our situations. And so today, my title, the title for my message today is called Good Problems. Good Problems. How many of you have said this phrase before, oh, that's a good problem? You know, sometimes, you know, most of us, we don't like problems, right? We'd rather not even say a good problem. We just wish to have no problems, amen? You know, good, but, but there are such a thing as good problems, amen? For me as a pastor, you know, a packed up church, if the, if the ushers come to me and say that, you know, pastor, we have run out of chairs and the ushers have to sit on the floor at the back, my first response would be, that's a good problem. That's a good problem. And then secondly, sister, brother, I hope you don't mind standing for the rest of today's service, you know, uh, but there are also good problems, you know, uh, your flight delay could be a problem until they say, sir, to make it up to you, we will upgrade you to first class, then it becomes a good problem, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, 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 your, I don't know, your, um, your, your wedding, you know, uh, reception and the waiter accidentally pouring or spilling wine on your future mother-in-law is a problem, until the restaurant calls you back on Monday and says that because we felt so bad, we're going to give you a free refund, a full refund, uh, it then becomes a good problem. A good problem. <laughs> not, not for the spillage, but for the provision. Uh, but there are such a thing. And we, what I want us to understand is this, that we can face problems. And in, in life, there, there's bound to be problems. But when you understand that God is good, you will also understand like just like every problem, if you bring it to God, it will eventually have the potential from a problem to become a praise report. And so I want us to unpack uh, today uh, from Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 to 21, and John chapter 6 verse 1 to 14, we will be studying and unpacking the incident where Jesus fed 5,000 people out of five loaves and two fish. This is something that we're familiar with, but at the same time, I feel that God is saying to us, as a church, I want you to be resilient people. I want you to be people of faith. I don't just want you to have faith when the times are good. I want you to have faith even in the midst of problems, because that's where faith really matters. Amen? You know, it doesn't take faith to declare that God is good when you have all the money you need in the bank account, when you have all the health you need. But it takes a lot of faith to say God is good when you don't have enough. And that's the type of faith that God wants to build up within us. People who will begin to say to the problems in our life that you are a good problem. You are, you are an opportunity for my God to show up and to show off. Amen? You know, as you turn there, I, I would love to pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. It is alive. And right now, as we dive into it, we ask that you, Holy Spirit, will speak to us. God, I pray that every verse, every, every letter, everything that we read will come alive as we read it. We will not just grow in our knowledge, but Lord, we will grow 
grow in our heart to become more like you. God, bless the preaching of your word. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the feeding of 5,000 was such a powerful and important miracle that is recorded in every single one of the Gospels, in all four Gospels. But today, for the sake of time, we'll be looking at two of them. And so let's start with Matthew. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 to 21. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. And even if you don't have your Bibles, uh, we have it flashed up in the screen for your benefit. Let's read. Matthew 14, 14 says, And when Jesus went out, He saw a great multitude, and He was moved with compassion for them. Praise God that we have a God who is compassionate. Praise God that we have a God that when He sees our problem, He is moved by it. You know, I want you to speak that into your soul. The next time you go through a problem, the next time you go through a setback, don't just cry but begin to speak to your soul. No, no, no. My God is moved by my situation. Amen? And, 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 he, and he was so moved by compassion that he started healing their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the, and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave it out to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 basketfuls of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. How many of you know that God always over answers our prayer? Amen? The 5,000 was not the whole crowd, it was just the men on top of the women and children. So it could possibly at least be you know, close to 10,000 10, people uh, were fed that day. Let's go on to read John chapter 6, uh, verse 1 to 14. Here we go. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up to the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Let's pause here for a while. Every problem that you are facing in your life is allowed by God for a purpose. You must never forget that God is good. God is not plotting for your downfall. God is not manipulating situations and circumstances behind your back so that He can have a good laugh. No, everything He does is not temptation, it's a test. And when it comes to tests, when you pass, oh, you pass. You go to the next level. And so this is, again, Scripture revealing to us the heart of God. I guarantee you all this will come together. It will make sense as I bring you through the Scriptures. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. 
Now there was much grass in the place, so the man sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, they said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is come into the world. Amen. Praise God. I got three points for you. How do we begin to turn our problems into a good problem? How do we begin to be people that would not cower in the face of our problems, who will not run away in the face of our problems, but will stand our ground and speak to our mountains? Point number one, all three points, by the way, start with the letter L, just for our remembering. And point number one is lad. Lad. L-A-D. Lad. Be like the lad. God is saying to us, be like the lad. Don't be a brat, be the lad. And what is so important is that the lad, even though he didn't have enough, he still gave. And the first thing we got to understand in turning our problems from a bad problem to a good problem, from a problem to a praise report, is to come before God with faith like a child. And many times when we face a problem, the first thing we do and the older we become, is we like to overthink it. And that's why God is intentionally speaking to us, people of all ages here, no matter how old or young you think you are, be like the lad. You can be 15, be like the lad. You can be 25, be like the lad. You can be 30, be like the lad. You know, in church, some people, they are 30 years old, but they, they, they say, oh, I'm very old, I'm very old. No, be like the lad. You can be 50, be like the lad. You can be 70, be like the lad. You can be 94, be like the lad. And so God is saying to us, look, the first key is this. You got to, you, you know, grow up, mature in your faith, mature in your outlook, but in your heart, always have faith like a child. Always come before God with the simplicity and the innocence of a young lad. This lad wasn't there. He wasn't a professor. He was just there to just offer whatever he could. And so God is saying that, I want you, no matter what problems you face, no matter how big or how impossible, no matter what the, the medical report says, no matter what the bank says, no matter what the newspaper says, be like the lad. Go to God. You know, it, as a, as a lad, he had every opportunity to keep the lunch to himself. But he surrendered to God. And, and the same with us. You have a choice. When a problem, when God allows a problem in as a test, do you know that it's a multiple choice question? And you have a choice to either take it on your own strength and try to solve it. And, and how many of you have been there before? Amen. Especially when you are more mature. Right? When you're a teenager, you'd be like, Pastor, pray for me. When you graduate with your PhD, you'd be like, Pastor, let me pray for you, you know? <laughs> right, you know, and, and we, we all have to remember that, come on, it's, it's not about our life experiences. You know, compared to God who is eternal, we are all kids. And there's no shame in being like a lad. What, what does a lad do? A lad, you know, even if, when a lad messes up, the right thing to do is to run to the father. But a brat runs away. 
So you've got to ask yourself the question, spiritually speaking, are you a young lad or are you a young brat? You know, when, when, when you pray and it seems like your prayer didn't get answered, are you like a brat who runs away from home? Or would you be like a lad who runs to the Father? And I pray that today we'll be reminded by God to say, be like the lad. You know, you got to have faith like a child. And this is a message that we got to speak to ourselves again and again, especially when we become more and more accomplished in life. You know, when our bank accounts increase, we've got to remind ourselves, be like the lad. When we begin to progress in life and when more people respect us, then they call us by different titles. Ooh, Dr. So-and-so. Ooh, you know, millionaire so-and-so. Oh, sir so-and-so. Oh, Lord so-and-so. We've got to remind ourselves that all that doesn't matter. I need to continue when it comes to faith, when it comes to God, to remain in a position of humility, in a position of trust and say that I'm going to be a kid. You know, there's a song, I won't attempt to sing it. I'm not sure whether they have it in this country. It's called The Toysterous Kid. And something, something, something along the lines of, I want to be a Toysterous Kid. And in the line it says, I don't want to grow up. I think, you know, we got to not grow up. Uh, when it comes to God and be like a lad. But grow up in every way, you know. Grow up, get married, be more mature in every way. Uh, but when it comes to our faith, be like the lad. Point number two, look up to heaven and give thanks. That's what Jesus did. The lad king, the lad represents the faith we need to have. The lad represents the surrender we need to give in to God. How many know that the, the kid had to say goodbye to his lunch? You know, five barley loaves and two fish. Bye. And there was a surrender. There was a childlike faith trust. There was a childlike faith surrender. And when that surrender happens, the next thing Jesus did, he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks. You know, Jesus was intentional. Our God is intentional. Everything in the Bible is intentional. Jesus didn't do it because it was His style. You know, maybe he, was, he had long flowing hair, he was on top of a mountain, the wind was blowing. So the coolest thing, you know, when you're given you know, five loaves and two fish is to flick your hair like a shampoo ad and go like, thank you, Father. No, no, he did it because he wanted to role model out and remind us with very simple gestures, never forget to look up. When was the last time you looked up? in the face of your problems. You know, yesterday, I won't name names, but it was a very funny incident that happened. Uh, some church members were just, you know, fooling around on eBay, and one of them, uh, you know, as a prank, you know, clicked purchase uh, on a vehicle. I won't name, mention it, but this, this brother was just scrolling, you know, for the dream vehicle, and then the friend very cheekily go like, confirm purchase. And the purchase went through. They couldn't cancel it in the app. He was so freaked out. You know, the first thing he did was look to the bank account. <laughs> and begin to think of how can I cancel all my cards? How can I take out all my money so that it doesn't get, you know, absorbed by this, you know, website called eBay. Many times when it comes to problems, we look to our bank account first before we look up. We look to our friends first before we look up. We keep staring at the problem before we look up. God is saying, look up. Don't look down. There's no solution down. Don't look to the side. There's no solution by the side. Look up and give thanks. And God is saying to us, come on. And I don't know what problems you'll face. Whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a health problem, whether it's a life problem, but problems will come. But when problems come, have faith like a child and look up and give thanks to your Father in heaven. This is what Jesus did. He wanted to role model out for us that, you know, that 
the, the only thing, the only place to look up, you know, is God. And this is, again, God's character and nature. You know, in the Old Testament, when Abraham was complaining, No, Lord, you promised me that I'll have many children. I'm old. What did God's solution to him? He, God says, that, come out of your tent and look up to the stars and begin to count your blessings. This is God saying that when it comes to me, you know, I always like to keep it simple. You know, no matter what you're going through, look up. Look up. You know, in London, when was the last time you looked up? Never. You know, that's why it's like, ah, oh, so early. Look up and you go like, oh, wow. Oh, isn't that where they shot Spider-Man? You know, and then look up. And you realize that, wow, there's so much beauty. Look up. And you realize that, wow, you know, the, the sky is the limit. And God is saying that no matter what you're going through, don't look to other people for solution. Don't look to your own experiences. This is so important because if we're really honest about ourselves, it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I know how to look to God. No, no, no. We know how to look to God at number 50. But number one, we'll look to our bank account. Number two, we'll look to somebody else. Number three, we'll look to you know, uh, our boss. And, and when everybody fails to answer our prayers, then we look to God. But God wants you to look up to Him first and give thanks. Don't just look up and go like, oh God, so how? This problem you gave me, this is, no, this woman, your problem. No, look up and give thanks. Look up. It, it, looking up is just the first part. You got to give thanks. And that's again, faith in action. How many know that it takes a lot of faith to give thanks when a bill comes? Ooh, right? Can you imagine? You know, you max out your credit card bill and then they come chasing and then you look at the, oh, wow. Interest, 25% if I don't pay by today. Thank you, Jesus. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith, you know. I'm not saying that, you know, be an idiot and declare your, your thanksgiving in public. You know, if somebody comes up to you and says, uh, I'm so sorry, I just gone through a divorce. Don't go like, oh, thank you, Jesus. No, don't. Don't. You know, like, like certain things, you got to go to the, 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 the closet, your, your prayer closet, your secret place with God. Maybe that's a bonus point. You got to ask yourself, do you have a secret place that you run to God? Amen. Don't run to Facebook. It ain't going to help you. You know, no amount of likes will help solve your situation. You got to look up to God. God, I, I need to come back to you. I need to stand like a child and look up to you because that's what Jesus did. And I need to give thanks. God, I know that this problem is a test. I thank you, God. Just like how Jesus thanked God in advance. I thank you for the provision. I thank you for the stomachs that we fill. I thank you for the 12 basketfuls. Thank God in advance. There's power of life and death in our tongues. And God is saying, look up and begin to thank me. God, I thank you. Oh, I didn't get the results I wanted. But God, I thank you that there's a purpose for this setback. God, there's a purpose that I need to reset this paper because maybe this is the area of law that you want me to specialize in. And then next time you become a very amazing lawyer who specializes in that area, you begin to look back at that. We sit and you say that that was a good problem. Amen? You know, we've got we to begin to give thanks and go like, God, I know this sickness is not good news, but God, I thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And I'm going to declare this healing. As long as I have breath, I'm going to declare this healing. God, I, I might be given the world's most terrible boss, 
But I thank you, first of all, for this job. And I thank you that bosses are not a problem for you. God, if Pharaoh is not a problem for you, my boss ain't going to be a problem for you. God, if Goliath is not a problem for you, my boss ain't going to be a problem for me. And that's after a while you go, oh, bye-bye, boss. Because you looked up. You didn't look to your boss and plot his downfall. You looked up and thank God for the victory that you're going to receive. And so that's what God wants to remind us. Point number three, leftover. We must never forget the generosity in which God answers His prayers. In both accounts, there was abundance. Jesus didn't just feed close to 10,000 people. He fed them with 12 basketfuls to spare. It says that everybody there ate to their full. You know, this is not a Chinese wedding. You know, like, like Chinese wedding or Asian wedding, there's always that one last piece of chicken. You know, and then that one last piece of chicken, nobody touches. Because, you know, no matter how hungry you are, out of honour to everybody else, you don't touch, you know. And whoever touches that, most likely they're not Asian, you know. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, you're forgiven because you're not Asian. But if it's your child, you'll be like, slap the hand, you know, hit the chopstick away. But this was not the case. This wasn't, you know, a bunch of men being put... Men, ooh, can you imagine men? Big eaters. But it didn't say that they were all there you know, playing cool and, and going like, oh, no, 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 please, no, after you, no, no, please, after you, no, no, please, after you, no, 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 just a little bit more crumb, no, 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 I'm, I'm full, I'm full. How many of you have said that before? I'm full, but you're not. <laughs> I'm full, but pour me more tea, please. You know, I'm full, but oh, I hope the next course will be extra portion. Maybe if I give this round away because I don't like seafood, uh, maybe the next time I will have an extra portion of the fish or the, or not fish because you don't like seafood, but you know, chicken or duck or something like that. But this wasn't the case. Everybody ate to their heart's content and yet there was abundance. Never forget that when God moves, there's always leftovers. What does leftovers speak to us? Leftovers speaks to us about God's nature. You see, when you don't understand or you don't know someone well enough, you leave a lot of room for misunderstanding. So for example, if you don't know that myself and Pastor Cat are married, you know, that's Pastor Kat, by the way. Uh, we co-lead the church together. She's my wife, okay? And in case you don't know, because this happened, true story, happened before. Many years ago, before we were married, when we were serving in our church in Malaysia, there were different services, you know, one, one, one Sunday, our church back home, we can run 10 services concurrently. So every time we're serving in different services, she'll be, she'll be leading the church in one service, and I'll be preaching in another service, and, and, and or doing other things. And sometimes, uh, people don't even know that I'm seeing someone. Or even though they know that I see someone, they don't know who that person is. And uh, some, some of my pastor friends uh, who only, you know, they come to minister in church and then every time they see me and I tell them, oh, what's up with you? I say, oh, I'm getting married. Oh, and they go like, actually, I've never met your fiancé. You know, and after a while, they were joking. They said that maybe she doesn't exist. You're just, you're just making it up. You know, but, but let's say, for example, due to whatever reason, you don't know that we are married and then one day, you know, you see, oh, that's, oh, that's Pastor Dave. He's walking by the side of the road. Oh, who's that other church member running up to him, surprising him from behind? Oh, what's that church member holding him and, oh, give him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, scandalous, scandalous. 
scandalous. I better, I better, you know, social media, Instagram, you know, YouTube, you know, I, I better, you know, post it online. I need to expose this, uh, you know, fake man of God, you know, is a scandal, scandal. I'm going to change church this Sunday. I'm going to bring my cell group with me. Because you didn't know they were married. And, you know, in the presence of God, being given the license to hold hands. That's why I call my wedding ring everything. This is my license. My license to hold hands and, and by only her hand, you know, and, and, and vice versa. You see, when you don't have the full picture, it leaves room for misunderstanding. When you don't know that God's nature is that He's generous and that He over-answers, it's very hard for you to trust Him in the face of your problems. Am I making sense? When you think that God is up to set you up for a downfall, and then when you don't get the results you want, you don't get the medical report you want, you don't get the health you want, you don't get, you know, whatever, you don't get the girl you want, the guy you want, you're going to think that God, you're evil. But no, 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 God is a God who answers, first of all, with compassion. But secondly, in a generous way. Not just enough, but more than enough. And when you begin to know that that's the God I serve, isn't it easier to trust Him? Isn't it easier to wait upon Him? Because many times, it's in the trusting that our problem remains a problem. It's when we have to wait for God's answer that the problem becomes bigger. But when we begin to go like, God, you are good. And every problem that you allow into my life, because you are good, every problem you allow into my life is an opportunity. And so I'm going to trust, I'm going to wait, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to have faith, because I believe that when the answer comes, it's going to make up for all the lost time. You know, there are people I know that, that have been waiting for a job for a very long time and then by the time they got the job, they realized that, wow, this is not only the right job, but it came at the right time with the right boss and the right pay package. Why? Because God always over-answers and He answers in a perfect way. And when you begin to understand that, you are able to speak to any problem you're facing in your life and declare goodness over it. You know, it doesn't matter if you've been rejected 12 times. God is a generous God. God is a God of leftovers. I know that sounds pessimistic. God is a God of leftovers. Yeah. So even if you feel like, I'm such a leftover, He's a God of leftovers. And He can use your self-proclaimed leftoverness to create leftover blessing in your life. I don't know what the 12 basket fools, you know. I, I, I dabble in cooking a bit, so I, I don't like the seafood waste. So I'm glad that Jesus is on the same page as me. He also asked the disciples, pick up, pick up, pick up, you know. I multiply this, okay, pick it up, pick it up. You know, I'm not sure what the 12, no, I, I, I'm imagining, I'm like, wow, you know, 12, even just crusty barley loaves, you know, we could grind them to become breadcrumbs, you know, and then whatever leftover fish, we can make little fish and chip bites, you know, coat them in breadcrumbs, deep fry them. I'm not sure whether they had it back home. But that's something, you know, anyway. What I'm saying is this. God always provides leftover in your life so that those leftovers can be a blessing. And then what do we do after that? That leftover could be brought home. And then that leftover that's brought home, like a little takeaway box, becomes a reminder that God will answer and do it again. Do you understand? Many times, you know, God, God doesn't, let me give you this, life advice. I'm not prophesying, 
but I'm telling you, there will be problems in your life. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying there will be problems. But understand, every problem is a test. Every test is to push you to the next grade. Every next grade is to allow you to do more. A person with, a, with, with no degree can, can still go get a job. A person with a degree can get a better job. A person with a postgraduate degree can get an even better job. Does it, does it make sense? You know, so God is wanting to allow tests in your life. And every time you pass, it upgrades you. Every time it, it, you, you pass a test, you ace a test, you know, it prepares you to go further, to do more, with more authority, with more influence. And so problems are going to come. So look at your crumbs and, be, and remind yourself, oh, hey, I still have leftover blessing from the last time God moved in my life. How many of you have been there before? You know, you're praying for, for, for financial breakthrough and God provided so much that by the time you need a next financial breakthrough, you still have crumbs from the last financial breakthrough. And even though those crumbs are not enough for that problem, but those crumbs are enough to remind you that God can solve that problem again. In other words, write this down. God wants to remind us that you're not enough is more than enough. Let that be something that you tattoo in your heart, in your heart, in your heart. I'm saying that again, not trying to advocate anything else. The parents here, but tattoo in your soul. No matter what problems you face next time. And life will tell you that you are not enough. You are not clever enough. You are not rich enough. Your bank account is not strong enough. Your credentials are not up enough. You know, you are not whatever enough. But with God, you're not enough or always be more than enough. And that's why being a lad is so important. Because the lad with faith like a child, took what was obviously not enough to the one who is more than enough. And the one who is more than enough was able to elevate that not enough and produce more than enough. Amen? I pray that this message will encourage you no matter what you're facing, whether you're studying, whether you're working, whether you're on holiday, you know, and not just now, but in life, we will always feel like not enough. My mom, she's, you know, in her, at least, oh, I'm such a bad son. I don't know my mom's age. No, 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 no. I just don't want to reveal my mom's age. Anyway, you know, my mom, a very accomplished, you know, amazing lady, raised up lots of great children, you know, great mother-in-law. My, my, my wife would agree. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Uh, but even then, she'll still say that, oh, not enough. You know what, what she says, not enough right now? Not enough grandchildren. Every time she complains, she's like, you know, how come the other aunties, you know, they, they have grandchildren every year. You know, I'm still waiting for yours. When's, you know, recently, true story, I call back to my dad. You know, I say, hey, hi, dad. And my dad says, dad is waiting for you to be a dad. I mean, that's it. No, that's, that's, no, 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 no. Like, how are you, son? So good to hear you. How's your visa? I hope it got approved. Praise God. No, dad is waiting for you to be a dad. Life will always make you feel like you're not enough. A kid will feel like he's not old enough. An adult will feel like he's not smart enough, not rich enough, not good-looking enough. The devil, no matter how old you are or how young you are, will constantly be blowing this lie in your face. You are not enough. 
And that's why we need to take that lie and be like a lad and go to God and allow God to redeem this lie and turn it into a truth. Once again, say with me, you're not enough is more than enough. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, right now to live it out. God, I pray for everyone here. Right now, a prayer of blessing. Lord, there are people here, maybe they're looking for a job. They're sending out applications. Whether, you know, they're transitioning to a new job or just graduating. God, I pray right now, God, maybe some people have gone to interviews and the interviews have made us come out feeling so small. But God, help us not to look at the smallness of feeling and, and make us cry. But Lord, help us to use that smallness of feeling to remind us that I need to be small. Small like a child. Small like a lad. And have faith like a child. So God, at the same time, I want to speak blessing over everyone that's looking for a job. Right now, it might be a problem of rejection. It might be a problem of no opening. It might be a problem of, of failed interviews. But right now, God, we declare to that problem, this is not a problem, this is a test with a purpose. This is a praise report waiting to happen. So God, we declare, Lord, we speak Lord, by faith, we say thank you, God, for the open doors. Thank you, God, for the interviews that we get to go to. I thank you that it's just a matter of time before my brothers and sisters step into the right job that you have in store for them. And all these other failed interviews for now, all these other problems for now, is only a warm-up for the one interview that truly counts so that we are able to one day look back with 12 basketfuls of blessings and say that that failed interview was a good problem. Right now, God, I want to pray for everyone in our church right now who is going through a financial situation. God, I declare your blessing. And maybe right now, every month is not enough. Or maybe every month, you're just barely enough. But I want you to still bring what you think is not enough. It could be in the form of a tithe. It could be in the form of an offering. But I want you to never stop being like a lad and keep bringing it to Jesus so that He can look up to heaven. And then the next time you give into the offering back, friends, I don't want you to, to look down. I want you to look up and be and say, God, thank you that I can still give. And God, even as I give out of lack, even though I give by faith right now, you will take my not enough and multiply it to become more than enough. God, I pray right now for people that are searching you, God, uh, for important life decisions. People fighting a battle every day. It could be a spiritual battle, an emotional battle. It could be a battle of addiction. And God, many times, God, we feel like we're not strong enough. Many times, God, we feel like we're not clean enough. Many times, God, we feel like we're not holy enough. But God, no matter what we feel, we still want to go to you. And so I declare that some of you brothers and sisters, you're fighting fierce battles and you feel like nobody understands. You don't always come to church feeling the most clean, but I want you to still come anyway. I want you to still go to God anyway and allow Him to elevate your not enough. And the next time you do fall, look up and give thanks to God. It says, God, I, 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 I thank you that your grace is due every morning. I thank you that I can still persevere. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you have haven't given up on me. I thank you that one day I will not need to, to trip and fall anymore and I'm able to help other people live up. 
God, I declare that blessing. I declare this breakthrough over everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.